Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey everyone, Josh Norris here with another episode of the Rotor World Football Podcast, the start of week four edition. This intro is a bit different because Raymond Summerlin is already on the other line. He's actually recording this. We're doing this a bit different this week. Um, but Ray, before I get to you, as always, I have to thank everyone who subscribed and rated and reviewed the podcast and iTunes and Stitcher and all those other platforms. And if you haven't done it, take, you know, 15, 20 seconds, do it. It really helps us out, helps us reach new listeners. Um, but without further ado, let's get to Ray. Ray, I know that your waiver wire piece is up right now on rotorworld.com. Um, obviously, every single week there are new people popping up. Um, but maybe let's start with probably the most important situation, and that's the Bears. Obviously, Jeremy Langford carted off the field, I believe. Now we may go from an average talent from Jeremy Langford to another average talent in Jordan Howard. But there's opportunity there, isn't there? Absolutely. And, it, you know, the injury to Langford, it was reported on Monday that it was just a sprained ankle. So it's not certainly what we thought it was going to be when he was carted off the field. But he's still going to be out at least a couple weeks. And it's important to note that he was already losing this job. It's not like the injury is what sparked the change. He was going to lose this job um, even before even before he was hurt. This was just you know, waiting to happen on, on Jordan Howard. And so Jordan Howard's going to come in and take over. And you said he's an average talent. And I, I think I agree with that, but he did. I mean, he's looked good when his limited touches, he has 67 yards on 12 carries. He has 56 yards on another six catches. I mean, if you go back and kind of look at what he's been doing, he's certainly been much, much more effective than Jeremy Langford. It's obviously not a high bar to jump, but he's been pretty effective. The concern with him is, Kadeem Carey was playing ahead of him. Kadeem mm-hmm. Carey missed last week with a hamstring injury. When he gets back, what will the workload looks lo- look like? That's you know obviously a concern. But I think that Howard is the number one back this week if we're looking at, at running back ads. And you know it's it's not the week that it was last week, but it's not a bad week for ads. So that's saying quite a bit about you know how highly I value him. And, and the Bears face the Lions. And I, I'll go back to what I said. And that, like, I didn't like Jeremy Langford coming out of college, but I kind of bought in this year because we thought the workload was going to be there. Um, I didn't like Jordan Howard coming out of college either. He's kind of like a slalom back in terms of, like, he'll put his foot in the dirt, put his head down, 
get downfield, but like he'll weave in between not lanes, but, but holes and get to the second level and do that kind of stuff. I just don't see him creating yards. Now I haven't gone back and watched what he did on Sunday. So maybe I'm wrong, but again, I mean, I'm guessing Ray, I mean, you told me if I'm wrong here, he'll probably be the most added running back out there this week. That's absolutely true. I don't know about the creating yards. You know, what's funny about this is the back that I like the best coming out of college is Kadeem Carey. And I'm, you know, uh-huh. and I'm not even, I'm not even that sold on him because I do think that it's Howard. I don't think if they really liked Carey that they would have spent the pick on Howard that they've been using Langford. So I still think it's Howard, but Howard, I mean, he was, he's finished. He's a violent finisher of runs. This is Um, true. Like, so if you're looking at someone to kind of create yards after contact, and that's certainly what Chicago needs. I do trust him to break some tackles, not make people miss. That's not his game, but I do trust him to break some tackles. I believe he did a few on the sideline, Some of those power runs that you like to see. And maybe, I don't know, maybe this comp's wrong, but like a Marion Barber kind of feel to him. Like, just going to go through and finish the runs, make things happen. And I think that's what the Bears need. So I think he's actually a pretty good fit for for what they're doing. I think he can be more effective than Langford's been through the first three games. So all the news last week pointed to Rashad Jennings playing on Sunday against the Redskins. Uh, last minute, that did not happen. And it's because they were worried he couldn't play in the passing game. So in step Shane Vereen. Um, now Shane Vereen is hurt. Um, so... We're guessing Rashad Jennings, if healthy, but I think he has a cast on, will come back and be the lead ball carrier. But I know there's some other names out there that people should be paying attention to, Ray. Yeah, so with Vereen out, which, I mean, that was shocking news, really. I mean, he played. It, I, didn't, I didn't see the injury happen, so it's really odd. There, is some, there are some rumors that he's going to be put on IR but could come back, but the early reports were he's out for the season. But in steps in a guy who we talked about last week in the deep cut section. In fact, uh, the deep cut section from last week had a pretty had a pretty pretty solid, solid week. It was a pretty solid week, but in steps Orleans Darkwa, who split steps with Shane Vereen last week. It looks like Rashad Jennings has a chance to play, but even if he does, it seems like Darkwa is going to be involved. He's certainly going to have a big role if Jennings has to sit. He's certainly going to be the starter. So now we have Darkwa, who is a must add for sure. And as we talked about last week. There were stretches of last year in which he was the most effective back in their, to be fair, very ineffective committee. Mm-hmm. But he has some talent. He looked good last week. I'm not sure how good he is in the passing game just because we haven't seen it yet. But it'll be interesting to see who they trust in that regard. They do have Bobby Rainey. They do have Paul Perkins, although Perkins struggled in pass protection in college. And, and that could be a reason why he hasn't been used yet uh, in the pros. But So they have some options. But I think the dark was clearly the number one option. And uh, he's, again, going to be one of the most added players for sure this week. Uh, Speaking of the Giants, they face the Vikings this week, I believe, on Sunday Night Football? Monday Night Football? One of the two. Sunday Night Football. I should know that since it's on NBC. Uh, And we know the the Giants, excuse me, are terrible at covering tight ends. And they face Kyle Rudolph, who just kind of torched the Panthers, honestly, this past week. Um, Ray, I am on record saying I don't think Kyle Rudolph is very good at football. Um, and he must have read my tweets because he destroyed the team that I watch every week in the Panthers. Uh, so is he the ad this week at tight end if you're in need at the position? First of all, it was Monday Night Football, and I'm an idiot. You shouldn't say things that you're not sure about. I, for some reason, thought it was Sunday. <laughs> but, the, uh, but yeah, I think that he is the number one tight end ad this week. Um, 
if you go back and look at what he's done with Sam Bradford, he has 18 targets in the two weeks with Sam Bradford. That is the same number as Stefan Diggs. Uh, he has two touchdowns in two games. And now he gets to face a Giants defense, which when healthy is not very good against tight ends mm-hmm. and also is banged up right now. They're without safety Darian Thompson. They're probably without Dominique Rogers, Camardi and rookie cornerback Eli Apple. So you're looking at a situation where the Vikings could actually find some success through the air, which is important because the giants run defense is still, is still pretty sound. Although, you know, tell that to Matt Jones, I suppose. But so this is a this is a great situation for a Rudolph. This is a situation where you would target him normally. And the fact that he is so in sync, or it seems to be so in sync with Sam Bradford, is just another reason to grab him. And how about if Kyle Rudolph is already on someone's roster? I brought up to you prior to the show, uh, Hunter Henry, who seems like he's going to be kind of entrenched in this lineup uh, with the Chargers, and they took him in the second round, so they obviously like him. I liked him a lot coming out of Arkansas in terms of his receiving ability used all over the field. And also Cameron Brait, who scored two touchdowns after Austin Safarian Jenkins was waived this past weekend. I have a really hard time getting on the Cameron Brait bandwagon because I think he's kind of the textbook definition of a catch-and-fall player. And so that means that he's going to need to score touchdowns and he can do that. He's been used in the red zone this year. He was used in the red zone last year. So it's possible that he's just one of those low end streamers that scores a touchdown every other week, every third game and returns value that way. But I'm not interested in targeting someone like that. Most weeks I'm more interested in talent, people with the upside to make chunk plays. And Hunter Henry certainly has that. I mean, he went five for 76, against the Colts, which is obviously a good matchup. Antonio Gates was reportedly not close to playing in that game, so it looks like Henry is going to keep getting the the touches and we'll see, keep getting to play, and we'll kind of see where it goes from there. But like you said, Hunter Henry is a good player, and he is for sure the future at tight end for for the Chargers. So I'm I'm interested to see what he does, and I, I think I'd much rather have him than kind of a, a meh guy like Cameron Brave. <laughs> is that his last name, meh? It's just meh. And, and Henry would have had a great day if he didn't have that fumble to yeah. kind of end the game. Um, and they yeah, use him was, a lot. That was not that was not his sh- most shining moments for sure. But, yeah, but I mean, that's the kind of rookie mistakes that happen. I, I think they're going to stick with him, though. And he's like you said, he's got the upside to be a playmaker for him. Um, you're using all your fantasy bucks on Trevor Simeon this week, aren't you? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, he's in the deep cut section. OK, let's transition to that, Ray. I, I mean Trevor. I mean Trevor Simeon. You know he comes out. He throws 312 yards and four touchdowns against the Bengals. By the way, Carson Palmer threw zero touchdowns and four interceptions against the Bills. So football uh, doesn't make sense in, in any way. But Simeon- and it doesn't make in, any sense in this way too because I think we talked about this on the show last week, Ray. Um, the Road to Road Fantasy Football Kickoff on Thursdays, everyone. Um, that Carson Palmer is last, like, what, four times going over the East Coast and playing on 1 o'clock in those four games through 11 touchdowns and then has this snooze fest. So just want to throw that out there. It makes no sense. The process sometimes doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, that's why, like, we're making predictions about, uh, about a strange game with an oddly shaped ball that bounces in funny ways. So it's, it's tough sometimes, but those two, those two stat lines really stuck out to me. But I will say I wrote a piece – uh, before the preseason, after preseason week three, about Simeon. And one of the reasons I was so high, and you can attest to how high I was on Emmanuel Sanders early in the season, unfortunately jumped off the bandwagon this week, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> but 
They're one of the reasons I was so high on Emmanuel Sanders early in the season is because what I saw in the preseason from Simeon, pushing the ball down the field, effectively pushing the ball down the field, and giving Sanders and Demarius Thomas opportunities to make plays. And that's what he was finally allowed to do against the Bengals. He finally completed a pass of of, uh, further than 20 yards. In fact, he was three for three with two touchdowns on those attempts. He had been 0 for two in the first two weeks combined. So he wasn't allowed to make those throws. He made them and he was effective with them against a good defense. And I mean, if you look at their schedule coming up, they get the Bucks, and then I believe they get the Falcons in their next two games. Those are not good defenses, not good pass defenses uh, for sure. There's an opportunity here for him. He's not going to be a quarterback one, especially with how deep quarterback is now. Right. But if you're in a two-quarterback league, he's somebody that certainly to go and target. He's not. I think he's 6% owned on Yahoo, so he's out there in a ton of spots. And I think that he, Emmanuel Sanders, and Demarius Thomas can be good. I, I'm sad that I jumped off the bandwagon a week <laughs> early, but I think that they can be good if they're given the opportunity to throw. And I, I think a lot of people thought that Simeon was just kind of a placeholder for Paxton Lynch and just like the clock was ticking on when Lynch was going to take over. It doesn't seem that way at all. It seems like they're just going to ride Simeon um, for as long as they can, as long as they win, and probably even after that, obviously. So um, that job's kind of locked up safe for him. Anyone else in deep cuts, Ray? Yeah, I talked about a little bit about Kadeem Carey, who I, like I said, it was my favorite back coming out of college of those three, but I do think he's behind Howard. But still someone to add for sure as a speculative ad in deep leagues. I mentioned Bobby Rainey. There's a real chance that Bobby Rainey comes in and, and has a passing game role if they don't trust Orleans Darkwood to do it. So that's an interesting name for sure. And then Adam Humphreys. Vincent mm-hmm. Jackson's caught just nine of 22 targets this season. He has five touchdowns total on his last 226 targets. He has not been effective for several years. Adam Humphreys has 20 targets in the last two weeks. He turned those into 15 catches for 167 yards. I don't see much touchdown upside, but he's certainly a PPR option right now, and he has room for quite a bit of growth. And another Clemson wide receiver. Um, let's do a couple quick hits, Ray. I'm going to throw this at you, though, just because I think these are some situations that that people are kind of uncertain about. Um, there's talk of Jamal Charles maybe returning this week. So what advice would you give for Spencer Ware owners or even Jamal Charles owners? Well, I think that, I mean, it's pretty clear that Spencer Ware is going to have a role. I mean, even last week, you look at his stat line, it wasn't great, but it was against the Jets of a tough run defense. And I mean, he just looks spectacular, even on his... Even on his fumble, which, and I'm going to call it a quote-unquote fumble into the end zone when he was reaching for the pylon, he made a hesitation move to suck, I believe it was David Harris, into the hole and then showed the speed to get the corner to even get to the pylon. It's the kind of stuff that you only see above-average running backs do. And I think that that's what he is. And if he's going to be that good, they're going to have to use him. Jamal Charles, you would think, is going to be, once he gets fully healthy, and, and who knows when that's going to be, but you would think that by the end of the year, he's going to be the number one back. But there's no way that Spencer Ware is going away. I think that Jamal Charles, when, when he's finally back to normal, maybe not his first game, he'll be more like a running back too. And I think that Spencer Ware is going to be a weekly flex play, even with Charles there, especially with his touchdown upside, with his ability in the passing game. I think that this could be a really dynamic running offense, and both of these guys can have fantasy value. Other than Jordan Reed on the Redskins, Jamison Crowder has kind of turned into – the red zone threat, um, which is odd for a shorter slot receiver that had a terrible athletic profile. I know Josh Doxson was held out this past weekend, um, but any thoughts on Jameson Crowder? I think you mentioned him in deep cuts a while ago as well. 
yeah, I mentioned him in deep cuts last week, and the targets are there. And at that point, you have to do you have to you know you have to consider him in PPR leagues for sure. The touchdown this week was a screen pass that he basically turned into a punt return right. and scored a touchdown. You could argue that one of the reasons they're struggling in the red zone is because they're targeting people like Jamison Crowder. <laughs> uh, that, that would be something to certainly consider. I, I really still don't see the big standard league upside. I think he will be a pickup for me this week. I'm, we record this on Monday. I'm not 100% finished with the list yet because he is getting all of those targets and at some point you have to you have to you know make you have to use him if he's getting that many targets but Pierre Garçon got those kind of targets last year and he was never really a standard league option so I'm not going to go in and immediately say that he needs to be used in standard leagues but in PPR formats he is a must own he has to be owned anybody getting that many targets every week in an offense that's going to keep throwing the football has to be owned in PPR leagues. And let's end with the team that every fantasy conversation ends with, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, <laughs> what do you do with Terrell Pryor now that they ran this hybrid wildcat uh, wide receiver at quarterback slash Pryor at quarterback, whatever stuff, um, against the Dolphins this week? Is I don't know an acceptable answer? It always is. It's not used enough, in my opinion, Ray. I mean, it's really a tricky situation. We, we You and I talked about this a little bit before the show and and you made the great point that these are the types of offenses that tend to work on on surprise for a week or maybe two and then it all comes crashing back down to earth i mean it's important to note they were playing the dolphins the dolphins aren't great a bad uh, defense defense. right yeah especially they're not great against the run so we'll see you know we'll kind of see where where this comes in but i think at some point this coming up week he's the number one wide receiver i mean that is that's certainly something for him. It looks like he's going to continue to get those passing stats, and if he's going to continue to get the passing stats, that's that's good. But you do have to consider, at least, that Josh Gordon is due back week five. Right. And when Josh Gordon gets back week five, you have to wonder what happens to all of these targets that Pryor's getting. So I think he's an ad. I think that he's an interesting player in, in maybe deeper standard leagues. But I just can't get that excited about him until we see, until we see what this offense can do a couple weeks in a row until we see what his role is once Josh Gordon gets back on the field. Ray, uh, you're the man. Everyone listening, check out Ray's waiver wired piece, which will be up when this is posted, either on iTunes or Stitcher or however you consume it. And if you like it, you know, Ray, you know what to do. Just subscribe, rate, review. It helps us out. Um, Ray, uh, I'll talk to you on Thursday, I guess, for the Roto World Fantasy Football Kickoff Show. That is the Roto World Fantasy Football Kickoff Show. On Thursdays, streaming 3 Eastern and 7 Eastern on NBCSports.com. Good plug. <laughs> <laughs>